This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with my guest and dear friend, Brianna McHenry. Brianna is an incredible intuitive guide and she loves working with manifestation and doing belief work. Brianna and I have just established such a sweet and supportive relationship over the past few years. And I love this conversation that we had. It goes into so many incredible topics. We talk about timelines and generations and moving through trauma and conditioning and how to break patterns, shifting money beliefs, conscious parenting. I mean, we go <laughs> we go into a lot and it's just so fun and special to see how we have grown together and supported each other and just really reminds me of the value of community and having people that you can share with and support one another in this crazy adventure of life. So I hope that you enjoy and can't wait to hear your thoughts. Time, first of all, what is happening with time? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crumbling. Yeah. Don't you feel that way? Mm -hmm. Weeks are blending into months are then like coming back to full days time is is completely um lost its sense of tangibility for me yeah me too mm -hmm. what do we do about that <laughs> yeah, i have complete goosebumps too like mm -hmm. so we're on to something we just isn't it better though when you're like what day is it and then you're also kind of like well who cares does it really matter like as long yes. as i did the thing we're well, good so that's what i think is interesting that you brought that up because as long as I'm not thinking in that structured 3D, time is slipping by, I'm getting older. I had kind of a moment last week where I was thinking, I've been working for 20-ish years, and I would like to be having a very active, successful impactful career for 20 more years. And so thinking about being at the midpoint that I could very easily see how other people who are close to my age, if they're not careful about how they approach it or how they think about it, you can get sucked into, it's too late for me. I don't have time left. It's not worth it. I'll just stay the course. I'll just keep doing my crappy job or with my thing that I don't love and not realize like, even if you've been working for 20 years, which is a long time, you still have 20 more to be so incredibly productive, but it's easy to let that sort of like F with your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't know what, what generation are you? I've been really into generations, like the labels. What's the generation? I, so this is interesting. I think I'm Gen X. Okay. But I'm part of this micro generation. So there's Gen X and then there's Gen Y, which uh -huh. I think the shift is like 1982 or something like that. But Maybe. I feel like between like 77 and 82 or 84, I read that there's a micro generation. We're like our own breed. Like we don't really fit into Gen X. And then it's really too old for Gen Y. Yeah. So, so I'm a millennial. Right. And. Because you're young. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 32. Yeah. Right. Um, but I resonate so much with some of my best friends are like 40, 40, like in their forties. Um, 
So it's interesting that you brought up that there's like this micro generation that like doesn't necessarily fit in because some people who are that age, I'm like resonate on such a huge level. And then other people I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Well, because I think the generations are getting shorter. Like if Gen X is from like 69 or 70 to 70, that's too long of a span of time. You know, the eighties and nineties was my formative years. Those few years that I was still in the seventies. And when I say that right now, it feels like (laughs) I'm a million years old. And then there's people that are born in, you know, 2000s and you're just like how is that a thing in college I was asking about the just what generation you are so I'm finding that where your Pluto is is really like ruling the generations my Pluto is in Libra yeah okay Okay. so what does that mean so that would be Gen X so boomers are Pluto and Virgo and I was actually explaining it to my mom yesterday Because for me anyway, if I think of like a typical boomer, I think of people who like want everything done the old school way. They like are don't want to change. They really love how things are done. And it's like hard for them to see change. Definitely not all of them. There's Mm -hmm. not, they're not all like that. Um, But even my mom last night, we were at the table and she said something like so specific, like we never did that back in my day. (laughs) And we were fine. Uh, uh I was like that is like a thing if you think about your generation as a whole like you're conditioned to some point on a collective level so that whole Pluto in Virgo could have been conditioned that things are done a certain way and Mm. nothing else so then that kind of becomes a big part of your subconscious um and unless you're working through it you (laughs) like it stays there forever so then the same thing with Pluto in Libra I haven't gone too deep in it because I usually easily get along with people who have their Pluto and Libra but that also could be because Libra is very like peaceful and peacemaking right Um, it's balanced right yeah yeah they're like really good friends they're super loyal um but then you have Pluto and Scorpio and Scorpio is just like utter chaos and if you think about my generation we just, we experienced a lot. Like we experienced 9-11 as children. We experienced this like really big meningitis outbreak. I remember where, at least where I was living. Um, There's just so much. I feel like I could go on. But so that kind of creates how you act and how you live in the world. So I've been playing around with that. But when it comes back to like working, it's like, my generation of millennials. I have a lot of friends who are 30 who are in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt student from student loans. They like live paycheck to paycheck, if that. And now they're realizing like, oh, I don't want to do this. I have a friend who his student loans are well over a hundred thousand dollars and he makes his living by playing Dungeons and Dragons. So we've been so conditioned and like, you need to go to school. You need to do this, that, and this, like the other thing, but now it's not there for us. Like the college, like the job isn't there for us. Um, And there was this meme that I saw that said, I wish I had the confidence of a 25 year old coach. And I thought that was so good because if you can see the generation under the millennials, which are Gen Gen Z. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Like they literally, yeah, a 25 year old coach can make like $50,000 in a day because they weren't so conditioned to believe we need to go to school. We need to get a job. We need to do this. So it feels like right now we're in this space of people realizing like, I don't want to work for someone that doesn't value me or my time or my presence or my family. I'm noticing a lot of people in my generation anyway, that are taking the leap to leave those jobs and do things that are different from what we were so like conditioned and programmed to do when we were younger. But I'm always like, my generation got screwed over (laughs) because we were like so programmed to go to school and like, you got to be a nurse, you got to be a teacher, you got to do something. And then now we're realizing like, oh, it's not enough to sur- like to survive in the 3D world that we've created. So I've, it's crazy. 
It's so interesting that you're talking about that too, because I feel like there's so much that happens on that generational programming like you're talking about that comes in from our parents because this is the way that they found success. This is the way that they did things. I feel like my generation was the first generation to leave a job. You know, the people that were, you know, older than us, they stayed with the company for 20 years. They were a teacher for 30 years and they retired. They worked for, you know, somebody that had a union or had a pension or they were a professional, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever they were, but they, they weren't somebody that changed. And unless you had somebody in your life that modeled that, it wasn't really until my generation that we were like, I can't do this. And it was totally acceptable. When I first started working, you know, I graduated college and we moved to New York and I was in marketing and advertising. I left my first job. I don't even think I was there a year because it was such not a good environment for me to be at. And people weren't surprised. It was not a regular thing at that point to be like, well, I've tried and I just know that it's not good for me. And I had gotten recruited. And so I left and then I was at the next job for three or four years and then the next job for three or four years. And that sort of has become a standard thing that, you know, every few years people move around because that's how you get more experience. That's how you get more money. That's how you get, in my opinion, a better, more fuller, well-rounded human and, and worker. But I remember wanting to leave so early on and definitely getting pushback from people that were older than me and established in working, like that is going to look so bad on you. And that's going to reflect badly. People aren't going to want to hire you. You're going to really have to explain that. And meanwhile, it doesn't even matter. It's like a blip. And now so many people work for themselves. So many people are having five jobs that they're all working at the same time. They're side hustling, they're contract for this person. They're working in the evening for this person. And it's like that idea of loyalty, I feel like really started to crumble with my generation because that whole yuppie life that people thought that they wanted, then you got to the end and people were letting people go and it meant nothing. Like you're going to get fired. You're going to get cut. And it's so funny that we're talking about this, which is not really what I thought we were going to be talking about, which I, I love it. I know. Same. I know. I was reading yesterday, scrolling news articles and it was saying that something I'm going to get this wrong, but like 50 years ago, let's say, not that long ago, 30 years ago, the difference between the CEO and the average worker in in a company was 25 to one. So the CEO made 25 times more than the average worker. Right now, I think it's 350 to one. The article was about the most overpaid CEOs. I I can't even fathom why anybody Knowing that, it's just like the, the, the separation between those at the top and everybody else, the capitalism, the consumerism, you know, I like rant about this, but to go start working in a job to know that the person at the top is making 350 times more than you. And that's like, that's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I think... <laughs> I feel like you're going to be sick right now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what? Um, This is why I've always worked for myself. Um, Yes. And that's why it's like, I love helping people. And I know you do too, like finding Mm -hmm. what they can do. And it's not the easiest life for me. I have had more lessons in my spiritual growth consciousness journey working for myself than I could have ever imagined. So a little bit, you have to know what you're signing up for, but this is really what I feel like my karma is in this life. Like this is my journey. And so when it gets hard, I'm just like, I know this is hard, but I, I have to keep going because there's a reason why I signed up for this, even though 
at least once a week, I'm like, forget it. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go move to an artist colony and paint. <laughs> I literally last night, I'm not even joking. I was like, work, share communities in my area. <laughs> like, yeah, I, for sure. I'm so done. I've been really exploring illusions lately and like how we uphold illusions. And one of those is our jobs. The fact that there's such that big of a difference of a gap of a CEO and just like someone who is really holding the company together, like the person that's allowing it to run is insane. But that's such an illusion that we've created um, somewhere along the lines. We've created that set standard. But at the end of the day, all of your illusions are going to crumble. I remember my mom used to tell me not to lie because you have to remember your lies and it's really hard to remember your lies. So like, it's kind of the same thing. If you think like, if you lie, something's going to slip up and your lie is just going to fall apart. It's the same thing with like the illusions that we experience in the world. Like that's such a huge, big gap in the working area. So, and it goes again with what you were saying, where people are realizing like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work for someone who's making 300 times more than me, or I don't want to work for someone that like thinks I'm replaceable because it's people now are being able to see through the illusions. And so we're at a place now where it feels like it's really crumbling, especially with inflation right now. Like everything yeah. is so expensive. What's blowing my mind the most is that people will be like, oh, now I have to, I don't know, like say they're shopping at Walmart or they're like, because they're saving a little bit more money by going to Walmart or just complaining about going to Walmart and the prices there. And it's like, well, take your money and like give it to a local business. Because when you shop at Walmart, you're supporting the people who are in control of inflation. Right. They're the ones that are setting the prices. Right. Yeah. It's those people who are at the top making an insane amount of money compared to everyone else, like the 99% of the world. So we have to just see through those illusions. Like I wouldn't even think about stepping foot in the most big box stores anymore. Uh, I try and get everything from like a farm. I drive an hour a week just to go get milk, like, but, and like eggs, but it's, I'm supporting a family and I'm not supporting that capitalism. I don't know where we have gone so wrong. And I do feel like it is more of a U.S. problem than it is in, let's say, Europe or in other parts of the world where we, where the values are just different. Like, of course, you would support the local farmer. Of course, you would support the local business because you also are running a local business and you are part of a community and you feel like that you want to build something together. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so frustrating and it's so sad and it's hard to break it when you are surrounded by it all the time. My kids just went to camp and we had lots and lots of conversations about packing and the stuff that we're bringing and the brands that people are wearing yeah. and and I understand. I mean, I went through that too. I was talking to my husband about this. Like, I think it's a, it's a rite of passage. It's part of growing up when you start to recognize what you have, what other people have, how that makes you feel, how you want to present yourself, how you want to be perceived. Like all of those things are normal kid things to sort of like go through. And I think it's just our job to continue to try to prioritize that Number one, if you want something that costs money, there is time and effort and work and things that go into that, you know, them learning the value of money. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of people in this, in this consciousness, spirituality space talk about, you know, money being energy and abundance and it's so easy to come by. And teaching a child that, that right now, if you want to buy something, you need to have the money to pay for it. It's just an interesting thing. They do need to have the practical skills and understanding of where money comes from. And I work hard and dad works hard. And, you know, whoever has gift, gifted you money for birthdays, like people 
do work hard for their money and how you're choosing to spend it and how you're choosing to spend your time with it is such an important lesson to try to give them. Mm -hmm. And there's so much pressure from the outside world, from social media and other sources to sort of present, you know, well, everybody has Lululemon. Okay, well, I'm sorry that all of the 14-year-olds that you know or 10-year-olds that you know have Lululemon and Nike Pro and all these things. I know, it's crazy that, like, so for me, seeing it as an outside perspective, because I'm all about, like, you know, our beliefs and what we grow up with. And it seems like just another way to like control the generations. Cause I know yeah, everyone, yeah. like I absolutely experienced it, but it's almost like another way to funnel children into this broken system of our jobs. A hundred percent. And so it is, that is a big responsibility to shift like, okay, well money. Yes. Like you need to work to get it. You need to do like get it and work hard for it. What I've been doing for myself is I've been viewing money as a friend. Mm. So instead of thinking like, oh, I work really hard to make money. I kind of am like money is my friend. And if I let like go put it somewhere, it's like, would I want to send my friend there? So would I want to send my friend to McDonald's? Like, no, I wouldn't. So if I spend my money at McDonald's, it might not come back to me and kind of talking more to like the energy of it and making money. Like I make sure that I always tip anyone. I literally will have like ones in my purse that I usually use just to put in like tip jars at coffee shops because it's nice to get tips back when you're doing like readings or anything. It is so interesting and figuring out a way to get it. But it's also, we live in a time now where you can make money so easy. Like you can make money playing video games. So it's kind of like allowing that fun to be had like throughout. Yeah, I think that's true too. I feel like this generation, you know, of my kids are really going to be one of the first generations that have every opportunity to make money be available to them. This YouTube, Instagram, TikTok generation who's like maybe five to 10 years older than my oldest. So like the generation mm -hmm. before have really opened that up and set that stage for, yeah, you can play Twitch all day and uh -huh. you can have a podcast and you can do all these things to make money. And I think it's interesting because the people that are older, the people that are your age, the people that are my age are seeing all these people make money, doing mm -hmm. all these things, are seeing all these opportunities and are feeling that it's either out of their grasp, like they just feel overwhelmed. That's what I hear all the time with clients. They don't know how to get started. There's so many different content oh, options. There's yeah. so many different vehicles. There's so many different, you know, platforms to be on. There's, it, it, it's just, it's overwhelming to them or they feel like it's not available to them because they've missed it. Right. It's right. like, and so that yeah. is, um, that's a combination of the mindset being, of course I can learn this. Of course I can figure this out. Like it's not that big mm -hmm. of a deal. And of course, this is available to me. There's people on of every different age on every different platform. So why wouldn't my voice be needed? Why wouldn't my experience be valuable? But mm -hmm. I can see so easily why people get stuck in that place of, I, I don't think it's for me. I don't know how, I don't know what to do. And then you just feel further and further behind and then that is a terrible place to try to create from. That's a terrible place of, of lack and desperation and disappointment. And then to try to build a business or, or earn money from that, is, I feel like you just become further and further apart versus what you're saying is being like, well, what would I if this is my friend, if my, yeah. you know, or I've been really into the energy of business lately and looking at, you know, human design 
for charts for businesses and integrating that because, you know, we come into the world with our, with our chart, with our design. And even if you're not truly into it, like you kind of know who you are mostly, you can understand you're operating within a system, right? Whether or not it's completely perfectly aligned or not, but then you create a business or you want to create a business. And it's got this whole other operating system. But if you're not conscious of it, then they're not merging together. And you're over here trying to run this, but maybe this needs something else than your energy has been providing. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, perfect sense. Yeah, I, I know. I think you looked up what my business was, but I'm pretty sure it was different than what I am. So I'm I a think projector. so too. Yeah. I and can't I remember like, what your business was. I'll, we'll look it up again after this. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but like, cause being a projector, like I just chill, you know, like I don't really need to do anything. And I feel like my business isn't like that. I feel like my business is like, how can I relax and really be in ease while also doing the thing? But that's another thing um, about like social media. I was in that, like, we'll call it a spiral of mm -hmm. Instagram where I got the message to start an Instagram for years. Um, and in like 2006, 17 or 18, I would kept on getting these messages to like start an Instagram just about my like spiritual journey and my spiritual awakening and what I was experiencing. And I just always ignored it because I was just too scared. I was just completely afraid of people judging me. So I never started it. And then I finally started it in 2019. And even then I was like scared to post on it. I was just so afraid for anyone to see me. Um, and then I kind of got into this space of like, oh my God, if I just did this <laughs> three years ago, I wouldn't have to be putting so much effort into it. But now I come to it from a place of this is my diary. This mm -hmm. is me. And it's also me having yeah, conversations with friends and I'm a self-projected projector. So talking things out is really good for me to figure it out. So I basically was like, why don't I just use my social media platform as a space for me to talk it out? So it works for me instead of me working for it kind of. Yeah. And it's, it, it really is so helpful. And it's, it's insane when you start showing up as who you are and how many people support that. I had so many people reach out to me being like, thank you so much for sharing the story. It resonated so much today. Or like you inspire me to be a better me. Like it's crazy. Aww, and like, amazing. it's yeah. And I have friendships that have like grown super strong because of it, when I haven't talked to someone for like 10 years and now we're becoming friends again. Um, it's just so powerful when you use it as like a safe space. Yeah. And, and really being intentional when you come to it versus just hopping on and let it be, you know, a time energy confidence sucker, which yeah. it can be because you know, again, we were not ever meant to see so many people and so many levels of, I don't want to say success, like that sounds weird. But the truth is that if you were to take your life and you only looked at it in comparison to, and not that you're supposed to look at it in comparison, but just go stay with me for a second, look at it in comparison with, you know, 500 or a thousand people that lived in your community, inevitably you would feel so much better about yourself than when you're looking at it in comparison to, you know, uh, 5 million people yeah. or, that, or people that are reaching levels of success that I don't want to say they're unattainable, but like everybody has a different journey and a different path. And so when we're constantly measuring ourselves against somebody else's success, like maybe that's what they're supposed to do. And maybe that's not what you're supposed to do. But now because that's getting so much attention and we feel so much ego drive to get that, we are not listening to the messages we're getting. We're not doing the things that we love and light us up and come easy and feel fun and free. We're like busting our butts trying to get something or do something else that maybe isn't even for us. And we're completely missing 
being in a lane that is meant for us. And we can reach those same levels of success, but it might be doing something completely different, look different, act different, feel different, but we're missing it because we're only seeing that as the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. On, on Instagram anyway, I like unfollowed a lot of people who do similar things to me. Um, or I like have a rule where I like, don't really scroll. Or if I do scroll, it's like on the explore page. I just try and stay in a space where I'm not even allowed to compare myself to yeah. other people. Cause if, and I've done a lot of Instagram courses and like learning how to like grow Instagram. And one of the main things that they teach is it's about growing a community and it's about consistency. So it's showing up all of the time and like being there to kind of support people. And for me, that feels so inauthentic because sometimes I am, I need support. (laughs) Like (laughs) I can't be there on Instagram supporting you because I'm too busy like supporting myself. And then like the next week, I'll probably tell you about it. So you can like learn from my experience. Um, But yeah, it's just so interesting how it is so important to listen to like your own internal compass when it comes to anything and everything and not compare yourself to a single person around you. Yeah. But now I feel like with this generation that is, you know, out in the world, but not really out in the world, because a lot of them are working from home and like these content houses. Um, And, you know, you had said earlier, like, oh, this 25 year old coach is making, you know, $50,000 in a day or whatever. I was listening to something earlier that was saying that money, while, while fantastic and a great goal, the, the drive for money can only last so long if it's not integrated properly into what your purpose is, what you want to achieve, what your values are, what you're really doing in the world. And I feel like I see that all the time. And you probably do too, where these people have built up a following, they've built up a business, they've built up a level of success that's enviable. And then they literally burn it to the ground because none of it feels good. None of it feels happy. They're basically have created a situation where instead of working for the man in a corporation, they're working for the man, which is their following or their audience, or it's like, you've created your own hamster wheel of, of being. And sometimes I wonder about that too, for people that are trying to grow their business and trying to to achieve something, is it even what they want to have that level of success? Like, would you, do you really want to be the person that like everything you post is going to be completely looked at top to bottom, shredded apart, have all the trolls, have all the negativity. Unfortunately, there is a price once you hit a certain level of recognition and so to work so hard to, to grow something, is that even aligned with what you want in this world? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I think it all comes down to the feeling of it, because even when I'm working on uh, manifesting like a certain amount of money, I bypass the money because it's not about the money. It's what do I want from the money? And it's the feeling. So what feeling is the money going to bring me? So then I start exploring that. Well, if I have X amount of dollars, I'm going to feel ease. I'm going to feel free. And those are the feelings that I want to start tapping into. So I kind of ignore the money that's I'm trying to like pull in and how can I tap into the feelings of having it? Um, So how can I tap into joy and how can I tap into freedom and ease in my life that I already have now? I mean, you can make money on in like on social media without having a huge following. So it's not necessarily about like you need to have like a million followers. It's more so like you just need those feelings and everything else will follow. So let's say you want to be calling in the feeling of joy well, having trolls on your Instagram isn't going to be a part of that feeling. So if you focus on joy, then your Instagram will probably won't have that. 
Like, I mean, on my Instagram, I, I'll have like random comments pretty often, but I've never had anyone. I also don't have like a huge following um, on any social media, which is fine, but I, I've never had anyone being negative, mm-hmm. just people kind of speaking their opinions. Yeah. No, it's true. I love getting back to the feelings because I think that I think a few things. I think number one, it opens you up to receive in such a bigger way than our human minds in the moment can conceive of. And I think by not putting the attention so squarely on the money, it really helps shift your priorities and your values in real time. Mm-hmm. Which is something too that you could even try. I mean, I know this is hard when you have teenagers, but that's something too where it could be like, well, okay, I know you want the the thing. I know you want the Lululemon. What feeling, like how are you going to feel when you get it? And then mm-hmm. trying to explore those feelings to see like, to figure it out a little bit deeper. Right, like what, what you really want is to feel good about yourself. You really mm-hmm. want to feel like you belong. You know, those are the reasons why we buy the, the brand or we buy anything is because we think it's going to make us feel better. We think it's going to make us feel whole. And so I always go back to, well, what is it that I feel like I'm missing? Why do I feel like I'm broken? Why am I listening yeah. to a voice that says, this is what's required. And again, everybody's entitled to buy absolutely everything they want. And if you don't have that association with it and you're just like, I'm free, I like this, I'm gonna get it, I feel good. Like that's maybe that's the feeling that you want is to be able to spontaneously buy anything you want because that is the ultimate feeling of of fun or or freedom to you. But yeah, it is an interesting thing to think about when, when the kids start to get into being more aware of who they are in the world and how, what they're wearing or how they're presenting themselves and what other people are thinking about them. And then it's always like, well, I want you to be nice. I want you to be kind. We literally, as we were driving up to camp to drop them off, that was the conversation that we had. You mm-hmm. guys are kind people you are good friends. You do not gang up on somebody. You do not tease somebody. If somebody is, you know, sad or sitting alone, like you go check on them. Those, those are the things that you are like, yes, it's great to have good friends there and be with like your crew or your crowd, who you are, the core of who you are is all of these characteristics. And that's how you're going to present yourself and show up in this community. Right. Yeah, it's so important. (laughs) Raising humans is so hard. Raising humans. My mom was talking just yesterday about, she, she basically said, talk to your kids, they listen. So even like right now, your kids are still little. So sometimes when you feel like you're talking to them, you feel like you're talking to a wall. Um, Oh, they hear everything, everything. They are sponging all day long. And so my mom had that experience with my brother when he, I don't know how old he was when he got married, but it was at his wedding when the mom and the groom, when they danced together, they yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That, like the mother son dance. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, my, the song that my brother chose was like so impactful to my mom because it was like from her error and it like the yeah. words of it were like, so specific to their relationship and she didn't realize any of that she always just thought oh I lost him because he's off with his new family yeah um and then she realized because I was talking to him all of these years even though when he was younger it didn't feel like he was listening but I can see now as an adult he was listening and now he is integrating that in his or embodying what you were talking about when he was younger as like As like a seven-year-old, now his 40-year-old self is starting to embody that and live that. Mm. I love that. I feel like that is so, it's such a needed message because I feel like 
I'm sure every parent feels like parenting to bring this full circle to our beginning of conversation about generations. I'm sure that every generation of parents feels like they have the hardest job parenting those kids. But I feel like we (laughs) parenting today truly is harder. Well, it really is. I feel like the mental, emotional health crisis that our children are experiencing is like no other situation. I feel like COVID, I feel like social media, all of these parents that are awakening and feeling like caught between worlds and, and it legit is hard in so many, so many ways. And it's like, you know, leading up to camp is always a very hard time for me as a mom. And it's like, I know they're going to have a great time. I know that it's going to be fun and it's also going to be challenging and that's okay too, for them to like learn those skills. And it's so funny. I was talking to my daughter a few days ago and I said, okay, cause she's the older one, you know, and my son, this is only his second year going. I said, please look after him, you know, check in on him. And this is what she replied. She goes, okay, mom, I will, but also part of camp is learning to be independent and he needs to be able to figure things out for himself. If I go there and I do everything for him, then I'm just replacing you as the mom. And he needs to be able to learn it for himself. And I was like, you are so freaking wise. She's 12. Like, and Thank you. Thank you. Because I do, I want to foster independence with them. I want them to be able to figure things out. And she was absolutely right. Like, even though I want her to help him, she's a hundred percent right that like he needs, she didn't have a bigger sibling there. She figured it out and he will figure it out too. And I was like, damn you, you're, do listen to me. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's like, One of the things that I've been really exploring lately, especially as a parent, is like, we really are raising the children that are going to change the world. Like, I think, like, we have a very- No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure, no pressure. Like, but, because you can see how so much is broken. And yeah, going back to the generations, it's like, I can literally see like how each generation, no, like- offense or anything like nothing bad to any of these generations but you can see my parents like they couldn't work through the trauma that their parents put on them they literally were in abusive households but they didn't have the space to work through it and they were made to think that going to therapy was like forbidden that like only it was for people who weren't allowed to live in society yeah it was super taboo yeah and then you have my generation where it feels like we just got just enough trauma to be like, I need therapy and I'm doing it. Um, Maybe it's from seeing the generation above us also kind of being in that back and forth of being like, I need to work through things, but I don't understand. And it feels like my generation now, everyone I know is in therapy. Everyone I know is like moving through stuff. And then the generation below me, they're just, that's all they do is they like move through their they just move through what they need to. Um, and they're all super open about like going to therapy and working through anything that they need to. And so it's just creating this pathway for us to evolve as a human species, because now think of your daughter, think of her generation when they're running things, like when they are the ones who are in charge, they have all of these really amazing lessons that we were able to instill in them, which it was harder for, um, if you don't have the like abilities, like you don't have the awareness. My mom doesn't have the awareness that I have to instill in my daughter, but like I need needed the awareness that my mom had to be instilled on me so I can instill it in my daughter. Yeah. Which is why it's so important and we can devalue our role because we don't have this success metric of like reaching a million people. And it's like, if you just help the few people that you spend time with to Mm -hmm. see things a different way, to open up, to realize, to make connections, to 
to learn anything about compassion or empathy or, or authenticity, that ripple effect is like exactly what you're talking about. Because I can see the people in my generation who have not done that, who are not, and, and their children, I can see the difference in them versus kids that are being brought up with like a different level of awareness and intention. It's like, they're just repeating the same patterns and, and mm-hmm. we can break that. You can break that literally every single day by just what you're teaching, by just what you're talking about, you can open people up to that. And that can't be measured. And that can never be known. You can never quantify that. And like, you know, a jar of a a $1 jar tip jar, like that, that worth of what you're doing is going to come back to you, whether or not you are able to see it physically, hold it tangibly, know Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I know. Even if you think it's like your future generations, I know you were talking about your mission earlier, um, but it feels like I have a very specific mission to come in and like, I'm changing the world. And I've always thought this, even when I was a teenager working with kids, but I've literally always thought I'm changing the world through children, through Mm -hmm. teaching now it's just teaching my own child how to be. And I'm always like, man, I really wish I could see the world that they are leaving behind because it's probably going to be very amazing. Yeah. But then you'll come back again and get to experience that's what, it. That's what I say. I'm like, next time I'm coming back as like someone that just gets to like lay by the river all day. <laughs> Something very chill. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm getting like the fairy energy from you. Yeah, that's like exactly what I'm imagining. I literally was like, that's, I don't think I'm going to come back as a human next time. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I totally I actually, real quick side notes, but yeah. um, I did a quantum healing hypnosis session. And one of my past lives was as a fairy, um, but I was like a fairy. It was almost like I was my own imaginary friend as a child. So they showed me I could see where I grew up but I was like in a fairy realm but like me as a kid I could see and play with the fairy but it was like me so it's so interesting oh my god I love that mm-hmm. see I feel like that even having that visual of embodying that for me is like so needed. I said to my husband the other day, it's just the energy has felt so heavy the last few months of living on earth. And I need to have fun more. And so I'm going to take this as a sign to embody that fairy energy as I now have a month of time without little people that I will be um, constantly taking care of, even though they are bigger and independent, you know? Um, So I'm super excited. And that fairy energy is also going to help me be productive because I feel like they're just like, they like move quickly, right? They're little like workers and it's just like, they move quickly and efficiently. And like, maybe this is like, I'm going to embody that for the month of June and see how it goes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to embody that too. I need it. Yes. Right. I mean, doesn't it feel like it's just been heavy and I feel like it's been like muddy. It's been thick. It's been, it's been like slogging through and I'm just like, okay, am I emerging? And it's like my butterfly imagery where it's just like, I've come (laughs) out of this deep, dark heaviness and I'm like, I've emerged. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know that's what I feel like. I'm definitely still in the cocoon phase of that. Um, But I feel like, yeah, I've been working a lot on that because just your perception. I'm like, how am I going to allow this person and or this situation or this experience affect my happiness? And I'm not going to let it affect it. So. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to ping you with fairies for the next few weeks and then oh, that'll help pull. Well, let's ping each other and we'll pull yeah. each other out of this. And that again, I love, I love talking to you. I love connecting with you. And for people that are listening, just reaching out and making one connection with one person can change your entire energy for 
a day, a week, like you, yeah. it, it's just like, we think it's so hard and it does feel hard at times. And also like we have the ability within us to pull ourselves out at any moment. We really do. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we also have the ability, like Lauren just texted me last week and was like, um, I feel like you have something you need to talk about. Let's <laughs> So you have the ability to like tap into what the people around you need. So reach out to them too. Yes, 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 yes. Tell everybody where they can find you and what your amazing offerings are because you, I know you're my manifestation queen, but I want to hear what else you're doing. Yes. Love all things manifestation. So my Instagram is at Brianna.McHenry. My website is BriannaMcHenry.com. You can find me there. I mostly am on Instagram and I love chatting with people and building community there. So right now I am offering like intuitive readings, belief work sessions. I am in the midst of creating belief work. Um, I don't want to call them courses, but like series. So I'm basically walking you through what I do when I move through beliefs. So I have one that's all about, um, love, which I've been moving through. I have one about abundance. Um, and I've, I've made all of them. I just have to like record them and put them all together. Uh, and I'm hoping the next one I'm going to be working on is actually, it's called work your addiction. So it can be any addiction, like food, social media, like alcohol, anything. Oh, I love so that. It's like a work your series. So it's work your love, work your abundance, work your all that fun stuff. And I am also going to be uh, co-hosting just kind of like spiritual meetings with someone in my community that I'm working with and they're going to be on Facebook. So those will be Facebook groups that you can join and it'll kind of just be like a meditation and I'll do a belief clearing and, um, and then a discussion of just a topic. So me and the person that I'm doing it with, we're just going to see what's going on in the world and like what energy we're tapping into. And then that's where we're going to work with it. So I have a lot of things coming up and I really just have to, yeah, embody the fairy energy and do it and get it all out there. So hopefully it'll be out there soon. Yes. Oh my God. It's the summer, the summer of Brianna. I love all of that. I love all the different things that you are tapping into because you have such a beautiful, first of all, your heart, your energy, your aura is just like so bright and beautiful and beaming. And I just feel like you, you're able to see and hold on to all of these different elements and concepts, but, and they're, and they're deep and they're heavy and, and you're just able to like gently pull people through. And so I just always just feel incredibly like cleansed after connecting with you. Yeah. Thank you. I know I was, I always get excited when people are like, this terrible thing is happening to me. And I'm like, Ooh, it is like, we're <laughs> like I'll talk to you in a week. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to the open to alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.